Hi, I'm Jen Mall, and welcome to Nurse Connect. I am an RN and a board certified nurse coach. I believe that connecting with others is essential to living a happy and fulfilled life, and that sharing our stories not only helps us to heal ourselves, but also helps others by inspiring hope and optimism. I am so grateful to share stories of these incredible nurses on their journey, and I encourage you to find a way to share yours too. Thanks for listening in. All right. Hey there. This is Jen Ma, and I'm with Corey. Um, Corey, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Yes. My name is Corey Zabala. Um, I am a nurse. I currently work in labor and delivery, and um, I've been a nurse for, gosh, 11 years now. Wow. And it's been quite a journey that I've been on through my entire nursing career. Awesome. Awesome. So we've been chatting about quite a bit of different things. And um, one of the things that jumped out that you'd like to talk about today is your journey to become a labor and delivery nurse. So where do you want to start with that? Um, I think I'll kind of start like on my nurse, like my whole nursing career. Um, I graduated nursing school in Washington, D.C. in 2012. And that was kind of a season in nursing where you could not really find a job. There was no jobs to be had. There was, you know, no shortage at all. They were not really hiring new grads anywhere. You had to kind of have experience to get in anywhere. So Mm -hmm. I, because I went to school in Washington, DC, and I wanted to come home here to Roseville, um, I, I didn't have any contacts anywhere. I couldn't get in anywhere. I ended up taking a job in a skilled nursing facility Mm. and worked in a skilled nursing facility for two years. And in that time, I <clears throat> took classes at the hospital and mm-hmm. was able to kind of make connections that way um, to get my foot in the door. I ended up interviewing for a couple of different positions and did not get the job mm-hmm. on the first couple of positions and then ended up getting the job for a med surge tele unit that was going to be opening up. Mm-hmm. And I, when I was hired on, I was, I was hired on with two years of experience. And when we opened the floor and my first night off orientation, my manager was like, okay, you're going to be the charge nurse tonight. Oh my gosh. And I was in charge Ah! of three new grads who were fresh off orientation. And I was fresh off orientation with two years of nursing facility. Wow. Experience under my belt. So that was a wild ride. Yeah. Uh, But when I was in nursing school, I kind of always had this dream that I wanted to be in labor and delivery, but it just Mm -hmm. was not the atmosphere that I was ever going to be able to get into that kind of a job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I continued on the path and was on this med surge tele unit for a couple of years. And my manager was kind of grooming me and getting me ready to kind of go towards a management role, mm. um, which all of my experience with her, I was kind of in charge of different committees mm-hmm. and I was in charge of starting different councils and unit practice things. And I did kind of a whiteboard project and I was basically a right-hand man for mm-hmm. those two years. Um, and this was before having kids and everything. Yeah. And so then the time kind of came where I was kind of struggling with my career mm-hmm. as to where I wanted to go now that I had some experience mm-hmm. and I was kind of tossing back and forth, whether I wanted to get a master's or I wanted to go into critical care, if I wanted to take the step into like management role and, or if I wanted to have kids. Yeah. So (laughs) I kind of decided, well, I think I want to go more towards the critical care role, because if I want to move into a management type role, I feel like I need a little bit more 
clinical experience to have some knowledge to back up what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So I started pursuing the critical care role and um, I ended up getting a job in trauma neuro ICU. Mm -hmm. And my manager and I kind of had to agree to disagree that that was (laughs) I was going to take because she really wanted me to pursue management. And so I stepped into trauma neuro ICU, had a little bit of orientation in that. And um, I spent five or six years in Mm -hmm. TNI. And um, I had my first child while I was in TNI. And when I was delivering her, I was in L&D at my hospital. And I kind of had that dream come back and flash yeah. my face and be like, wait, be here. don't you want to do this? You know, yeah. is this what you wanted to do? And then I kind of started to ponder on it. And I had a really great experience giving birth to her. And um, it started to kind of smolder in my heart. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this nurse obviously made a huge impact on my life yeah. and my trajectory as a mother. and the experience of my labor and delivery and all of that. And so it just kind of started smoldering in my heart. And then very shortly after I had my second daughter, they're only 18 months apart. And so I was able to um, have another great experience. Uh And I was like, yes, this is exactly where I want to be. This is what I want to do. So then I returned to work. And of course, I returned to work with my second daughter, April 1st of 2020. Oh my gosh. Into the ICU. And um, I really did not have any idea what I was returning to. You know, the whole last month of my maternity leave with two kids under the age of two, I got all of my coping mechanisms taken away. You know, all of my coping skills, all of my friends, all of my support system, all of this network that I had built with my first that I was looking forward to going into my second so confidently. Just you know, just everything was taken away. I couldn't go out wow. with my husband. I couldn't go to my mommy support group. I couldn't go to my monthly mom's bunko nights. Mm-hmm. I could not go get my toes done. I couldn't get a massage. I couldn't mm-hmm. go safely to the grocery store and take my kids to the grocery store. You know, all of these things that I felt like I accomplished, I could not rely on, you know? Right. So then that is kind of looming over me the last month of my maternity leave. Mm -hmm. I returned to work April 1st and um, I had no idea what I was going back to. I obviously was locked out of all the systems because I'm on maternity leave. So I just don't know what the actual state of affair is, you know, but what I'm hearing is not good. There's not enough supplies. There's not enough PPE. There's not enough anything. So much uncertainty. And it's changing every single day. Yeah. So I went to, and and a lot of my coworkers were staying in hotels away from their family, which mm. just wasn't a reality for me being, you know, breastfeeding and having two very young children. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and my dad and my grandma were all kind of primary caregivers to my children while I was mm-hmm. at work. And my mom had gone through chemo with breast cancer. And so she was immunocompromised. Mm-hmm. My dad had a kidney transplant. And so he was oh, on wow. suppressants and he was immunocompromised. And then my grandma's 85. Wow. So she, and they all live together and they're caring for my children. So I'm like, right. what am I going to bring home to my children and to them potentially? Right. Because that was in the time where we were like, okay, everybody's going to die. I just don't know. Yeah. No, yeah. It was terrifying. Yeah. So 
I kind of, it took me the normal amount of time to kind of get back in the groove of getting back to work about a year or so. And um, at that point, I was kind of getting in the strive of like being really good in my um, job because that was about probably three years into being in TNI. Mm -hmm. And so I got really good at what I did. I was very confident. I, I had good critical thinking. I was able to work easily through emergencies things started becoming very repetitive with mm-hmm. even if it was multi-trauma, very complex patients. I had moved to day shift already at this point. Nice. So I got a good, you know, a lot of good, um, you know, collaboration with the yeah. physicians and everything. And I could see how the plan was changing or how we were having, or what kind of values they were looking at to make their decisions or being able to see x-rays and CTs and be able to kind of evaluate those things with them. And so I gained a lot of really great skills. Yeah. I felt yeah. like clinically during a really challenging time. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, doing it with a lot of compassion, but yeah. coming, you know, working and I started at that point kind of trying to pursue shadowing and labor and delivery right. to see if it's what I really wanted. Yeah. So I, I knew it was possible because I had shadowed in TNI before mm-hmm. I went there to make the decision whether I wanted trauma ICU or just medical ICU. Yeah. And so I knew it was possible. I started kind of going the appropriate avenues and the manager and the director both kind of told me, no, it's not possible. You cannot shadow in labor and delivery. And so I went above them to the education department and the education department was like, she's an employee here. She's totally good like she does have every right to shadow it's on her own time you know yeah so I went in and shadowed and was like okay I feel like this is really where it's going so I found myself kind of researching obstetrics and labor Mm -hmm. delivery and kind of what a normal day in the life would look like good bad and ugly I found some accounts on Instagram that were like specifically for labor and delivery nurses that provided some education. Mm-hmm. And I kind of found myself on my time off, like really spending a lot of time learning and getting fired up about it. And then over the course of like a year, I kind of realized, you know, I'm spending a lot of time looking into this and this isn't even my, you know, specialty like Mm -hmm. obviously this is what lights my fire yeah you're very passionate about it yeah but also over the course of that year I kind of became very burned out Mm. and probably also pretty depressed yeah um, and just not a very good person not a very good wife not a very good mother not a very good nurse at that because I was so burned out but I know it was just an unhealthy culture of what we were in in the season going through and the constant change every single day um so I was extremely burned out I probably should have been on antidepressants but I was so stubborn and I refused to do it because it was like the state of the world I'm like if we weren't in a pandemic I would be fine why do I yeah patient you know so I just refused to do it so it kind of took me turning to a different mode of coping skill because I had lost everything. Yeah. Really turned inwards towards my faith, which I had never really done before. For you. Everywhere in my career, I've always kind of taken a bull by the horns and knocked down the door. Yeah. And that's just how I approached everything. And so after I shadowed, I tried to reach out to the manager 
in labor and delivery and tell her, you know, that I wanted to be hired. And of course, look at all these great reasons why you should hire yeah. me. And she said, no, she said, <laughs> and the director said, no. And the director said, you will never get hired here Ugh. ever. If you don't have experience, she said, go to another hospital and get experience, find somewhere that will give you experience. Wow. This particular hospital will hire you as a no experience labor nurse go there and then we'll think about hiring you. And, you know, multiple times the door was shut in my face. No, so discouraging. Educator, you know, no from the manager, no from the director, no from everybody within the department. And I just felt like I'm not meant to leave where I am to mm. go somewhere else. Like this is my home. This is my hospital. This is where I've invested all of my career, you know, right. This is what I know. This is close to my house. This is my hospital, you know, beautiful. So I was pretty burned out at work. It seemed like I had a constant stream of end of life care or mm -hmm. people who kind of waited till the last minute and then we couldn't really do very much. And it was like the family wasn't ready to make the decisions that needed yeah. to happen. And I was constantly having to have those conversations, which That's I'm so very hard. Well, you know, very comfortable with and very well versed when and and have no problem helping families along that. But every single day, it's like yeah, that's a lot exhausting. So plus, it was like very challenging. You know, the culture of the nurse is the hero kind of turned mm -hmm. into the nurse is the liar, and it felt like my patients didn't trust me, and that was difficult to kind of navigate. Right. And um, plus, layering on the depression and all of that so um inwards turning towards my faith I just decided I would pray every morning in the parking lot um before I went in my for, for my shift that I would dread every single time and just say please God I don't know how it's going to happen but um I need to be here part-time day shift in labor and delivery at my hospital and I am too busy with two little kids to know your secret, whatever whisperings, like you yeah. have to illuminate the path as if it's an airplane that's crashed and it's glowing and it's telling and you me just follow it. And I'll repeat the, the each step. And over the course of a little while, um, certain things started becoming illuminated. I kind of had this feeling like, go talk to this person. Oh my gosh. On this specific Shelf. day. And I went to go talk to this specific person. And she was like, oh, well, let me go take you down to my friend who's the educator in labor and delivery, whatever. And we'll go talk to her. So then we would go talk to her. She'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to go, you know, ask the manager if maybe you can cross train to do recoveries but just bad recoveries you know because we're really busy and we have a lot of people out on medical leave we need a little bit of help I'm like whatever I'll do yeah that. I'm here <laughs> I will change poopy diapers like I don't yeah I literally don't care I'm sober yeah so um come to find out now after being in the department the manager was out on leave and there was a staff nurse filling in her position and she told me that she approved everything that was on the manager's desk. And one of those things was for me to come down and cross train. Oh my gosh. So I was like, well, thank you very much. So yes. I was able to come down and cross train. Um, I felt very uneasy being in the department sure. because I did not spend enough time there to be good at it. And I'm yeah. kind of the type A ICU personality. Yeah. 
yeah who wants everything perfect and I didn't feel <laughs> good about the care that I was giving because I just didn't have enough repetition with it yeah but I did the best that I could yeah you know and I was able to pick up probably once a pay period or once mm-hmm. a month down there you know doing bad recoveries I moved into doing like c-section recoveries as well and all that and I picked up above and beyond my shifts in TNI which I could have made up every excuse in the book to call in sick to call in whatever in TNI but it never felt like I was working overtime I was picking up down there that's that's amazing which was like a breath of fresh air for me yeah I actually feel like something is coming like something Mm -hmm. something is still bringing me joy you know So after about a year of doing that, they had posted a bunch of positions and I went down and talked to the manager and I was like, I see all these 45 positions that you posted. Like, would you hire me? And she's like, no, you don't have experience. And I was like, okay. She's like, maybe go somewhere else and get experience. We'll talk about it. You know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but I've spent all this time helping you. Yeah. I'm cross-trained. And she's like, but you're only cross-trained to recoveries you know, it's not the same labor is different, this and that. And I'm just like, I have so many valuable skills. I can critically think I can do hemorrhage. I can do MTP and mm-hmm. do epidurals. I can do all these things. And she, yeah, I can, the skills are I all applicable. You. I can do yeah. like, all of these things. And she was like, no, we don't have labor experience. It's just not going to happen. <sighs> so then I was kind of talking to some I, I got some more intuitions to like go talk to specific people. And then um, it ended up working out that I was able to read our contract, our union contract. And it said that they were actually supposed to be hiring cross-trained nurses. And so I was like, okay, well, interesting. Yeah. So all the while I've kind of been pretty faithful, you know, growing in my in my faith, in my church, mm-hmm. kind of going each week. And somebody that I was really close with at my church had told me, um, probably, probably, so the manager I had talked to in October and she was like, well, you know, we'll see if we have a training position, you know, once all the dust settles, we'll, we'll figure it out. But, pro- you know, it's probably not likely maybe next year or something, we'll get funding for a training position. Mm. It's very expensive to train non at you know not experienced nurses so I think the week before New Year's Eve this person that I went to church with said well I'm just gonna pray that you um hear something by the end of the year and I thought well that'll be that's today (laughs) but you know that'll be great but I am not putting all my eggs in that basket yeah it's not gonna be too excited but what a beautiful gesture (laughs) right I'm like thank thank you so much I will take it but you know so uh December 31st the manager of labor and delivery called me and said um we are opening a training position for you oh my gosh but you know it goes by seniority and it's union so whoever's the high seniority is going to get the position and okay. I said oh, great so I'll apply whatever yeah so I applied I went to church and I was supposed to find out on Monday whether or not I got the position the church all prayed over me <gasps> block any more senior oh. people to apply oh. <laughs> and on the Monday I found out I got the position oh my gosh I know that's incredible so, 
I was pretty amazed. So the position was full-time night shift. And I remember thinking like, God, I don't know. I'm going to take this (laughs) step, but I'm trusting here. I don't know what's going to happen, but I will trust. Yeah. And actually in October, when the manager told me, you know, well, it's not really probably going to work out for about a year. Um, the old manager that I had worked with on the med search teleunit had moved mm-hmm. on to another hospital. She contacted mm-hmm. me and said, um, I'd like you to come down here, come meet with me. I met with her and um, she had wanted me for a manager role. But when she was touring me through the hospital, we went through labor and delivery. I ended up speaking to the manager and that manager wanted to hire me on the spot part-time day shift in labor and wow. delivery. Oh my and gosh. I remember applying for the position, sitting on it over the weekend. And I was like, something in my gut is telling me that this is not right. Mm. Everything on paper feels right, but something in my gut is telling me that it is not right. And so on the Monday, I called the manager and pulled out my my application and said, I'm sorry, but this is just not going to work for me. So I gave up the part-time day shift labor and delivery position. You listen to your intuition. Yeah. To continue working in TNI where I was very burned out and then ended up getting this labor delivery position where I wanted it. Oh my gosh. So I started the position absolutely over the moon in like March Mm -hmm. and um, I was very excited. I remember um, being very nervous as to who my preceptors were going to be and mm-hmm. found out pretty early on that there was a lot of things that were put through the rumor mill about mm. me before I had even applied there that I didn't yeah. of the position or I wasn't good enough or qualified enough mm. or whatever it was a very hard unit to try yeah. to get into in all of my career. And I think because I've mostly worked with men and this was the mm-hmm. first time I was mostly working with women. Oh, wow. So that was difficult for me yeah. um, to try to change my thought process on that. But I just thought, well, I'm open to it. Mm-hmm. So all the whole last year before I got in, I had been following this company on Instagram who provided education. I signed up for their mentorship simultaneously with wow. my orientation I asked my manager if she would pay for it she said no it's like but it's like orientation you know yeah so I paid for it out of my pocket and Uh it was one of the most valuable wow trips I could have ever paid for it was 12 months and it coincided right with my orientation and provided a lot of the pathophysiology a lot of the foundational education because even though I had been a nurse for 10 years this is a completely specialty. And totally. Remember, You're a newbie. I don't remember yeah. the stuff from nursing school about yeah. we got like six minutes, you know, like yeah. it's totally different. So the mentorship and everything kind of went hand in hand. I ended up going to, I had like a six month orientation, which was phenomenal. Absolutely amazing. My preceptor was absolutely God sent. She was exactly oh, wow. what I needed. She had, she and I had kind of very similar personalities. Um, she respected the experience that I was bringing. Mm-hmm. So she didn't treat me like a new grad, like most of the floor did. Sure. Um, she respected what I knew, but then also kind of had her hand right there when I needed more help. And then she knew when to push the gas and keep kind of pushing me towards more. She just was absolutely magical in my orientation. 
Wow. I went to night shift probably the last month of my orientation, had great receptors as well. And then I was like, okay, I'm kind of done with you guys following me around. I'm ready to yeah, go be on, on my own. own. Um, and I got released onto my own and I had gotten a part-time night shift position by this point. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, it's doable. You know, it's, we'll work with it. Yeah. <laughs> and then found out that there was some changes in the department and some things were happening and there were some movements and within two months of night shift, I got a part-time day shift position, <laughs> totally skipped full-time. That's amazing. Yeah. And, wow. then, and I remember when I applied for it, I was like, I have to go to my church and yeah. just yep. totally trust that this is what's going to happen. So I remember my pastor preaching um, the specific uh, topic about how there was some people in jail and there was an earthquake that released these people from jail okay. and the strongholds were broken and all of that. I'm okay. sure I'm not doing this justice for what he was actually preaching, but they called everyone up for prayer. I went up there. I explained to them that I had applied for the position. And as the entire church is praying over me, I felt an earthquake under my feet, oh my which gosh. I've never felt in my life before. Pretty startling. I know. Especially living in California, you think they're all the time, but we don't feel them. (laughs) No, we don't feel them. And I felt a very distinct earthquake. And the next day is when I found out I got the part-time day shift position. This is incredible. I have chills. Yeah. So it was like, wow. And I started in the part-time day shift position in January, which was less than one year from my transfer. I wasn't even in the department for a year. Yeah. So now I'm on part-time day shift. I've pissed off all of night shift and all of day shift. But how are you doing? Yeah. So I am like absolutely ecstatic going to work. I go to work with a smile on my face. I leave work with a smile on my face. I think I'm healthily nervous of certain Mm -hmm. things. Like I'm not overly confident. But a lot of the concepts really came together pretty quickly because I had the foundation Mm -hmm of being able to see the big picture. Mm-hmm. So I also have the foundation of being able to act calmly in emergency, yep. delegate and swiftly communicate and mm-hmm. clearly communicate and prioritize and do all of those things. So I was able to really put a lot of the concepts together yeah. once the foundation of the labor piece of it. And it came together really nicely for me. Beautiful. Um, But the thing that was really fascinating about the whole part of it is like every piece of the puzzle, it was like right when I got the offer of the position full-time night shift, my husband had an old boss plop a job in his lap that was going to be work from home, way more, you know, all this other thing, because he was commuting into an office. Yeah. And so, and so Brian, how that. are you going to do it with two little girls? Like, yeah. And so he got oh that into his lap at the same time, you know, it's just like all these pieces have come together. Yeah. Furthermore, this company that I had done the mentorship with, they were offering a learning retreat that's going oh to be up in May and it was in Cancun. And the whole gist of the learning retreat was they wanted you to downregulate your nervous system pour into your own cup so that you yes. can get out of overflow. 
but you're also going to be getting CEs in addition. Yes. Right. Oh man. And so I remember looking at this, um, trip, you know, in October when I was still in TNI, when I had turned down this position, when I had no position yet. And I was like, Oh, if only I could. So when I got the position in March, I was like, I'm just going to trust that I took a step out of the comfort zone and that this is all going to work out. And I bought the trip as myself that it'll be my one year anniversary of transferring, you know, so I bought the trip. And so then I was requesting the time off on night shift. Right. And then the vacation period had kind of passed. I had ended up getting the day shift position. So then of course my days are all different and I'm lower, lower seniority. Yeah. So they were formulating my schedule and my template and everything. And every month I have a nine day stretch off. Well, that Mexico trip falls within that nine day stretch off. So I don't have to take that. <laughs> that is amazing. Wow. Like cherry on top, you know? The whole meant it's to like, be. It's just like every single detail above and beyond what I could have ever asked for is totally taken care of. Oh my gosh. And it was like completely the cherry on top. And I have chills even talking about it again. Yes, I have chills. This is incredible. Yeah, but in oh. in the time that I spent in L and D, it took me probably like six months there to really decompress yeah. all of the alarm fatigue that I didn't yes. realize was affecting me so much. I did not realize it until I was gone. Yeah. And I went back and floated back to TNI because I felt kind of conflicted, like mm-hmm. I'm really happy, but I feel like I'm giving something up okay. that I was really good at okay like maybe if I was healthier mentally that I could be good at it and mm-hmm. go back and I went back and I heard the alarms and I could just feel the feel it yeah and I went home and then I started kind of lashing out at my husband and my kids wow. and as soon as I I was like okay I miss my friends but I do Don't not miss that. miss that you know I do not miss yep. that environment the vet yep. alarms, the bed alarms, the monitor alarms, the all the alarms. You yeah. know, in L and D, there's hardly any alarms, hardly any call lights. Mostly yeah. pleasant patients. Yes, mostly you know, happy circumstances. Mostly happy circumstances. But when there's bad circumstances, I feel real first in taking care of those yeah. patients because of my experience. Yes. And you're probably almost a resource to others in that situation because of your experience, and they don't get that very often. Correct. I feel very comfortable using language to Mm -hmm. be able to prepare a patient for what's coming next. Yes. Yes. And I think I'm a valuable resource for the department now in so many other ways. Wow. And I think now is not the time for me to be a leader. Now is the time for me to let my work speak for itself. Mm -hmm. I think eventually it will come, but right now it's time for me to be quiet and just let my work speak for itself. I've never done in my career either, (laughs) you know, but that's beautiful. And also I see you as bridging the gap too, between these worlds who have traditionally been so separate, yet there's such a possibility of of sharing these worlds and these experiences and, and meeting new people and creating a more um, open culture, diverse culture. You know, I think that's, that's really great. Yeah. The one thing that is 
I say every day to all of my patients when they ask me like, are you glad you switched? Are mm. what do you, you know, you know, what do you think? Every single day I go into work, I make a profound difference in my patients' lives by making Gosh. sure that they feel seen, safe, and soothed through their birth experience, even if they have a bad outcome. The way that they were cared for sets them up for the rest of their life and the rest of their motherhood and how they pour into their children and how they raise up the next generation. Mm. I get to be a part of that. You know, I feel so lucky that they trust yeah. me to listen to them and to take what they want so seriously and advocate for them and help be a partner in their birth story and make them feel safe. And I feel like they feel safer in my care because of my experience. And so they're automatically downregulated and then labor hormones, <clears throat> everything flows better. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like I yeah, tend to have kind of better outcomes, obviously, yes. and they're very long to see a lot, but yeah. it feels like I have better outcomes because my patients feel more downregulated with all of that. Mm -hmm. And although I was saving people's lives on a daily basis in TNI, it's kind of a thankless job when you know, intubated pop pop. Yeah. It's like, oh, thanks for wiping my butt. You know, yeah, no, he's not yeah. Doing that. He's like, get off yeah. of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just oh. every day I feel like I'm making a difference. That's beautiful. I got really emotional when mm -hmm. you were saying that because, well, for one, um, I got emotional because I feel incredibly strong that everybody needs to be seen, heard, and loved. That's part of the reason why I'm doing this because we have incredibly powerful stories and what we do makes a big difference, whether it's acknowledged or it's not, whether we acknowledge it or we don't. So that's one piece. The second piece is what an incredible um, environment for this baby to be born into. Totally. Because we know now with science, like we, there is studies coming out about these traumatic experiences before babies have the ability to children have the ability to speak and have specific memories, that trauma is still real. It's still held in the body. So to be held, to be able to be birthed into a space where the mother is calm and at peace and feel safe and supported and to be birthed into an environment where the nurse is there caring and loving and supporting. I mean, that is just, you're already impacting that baby's life from the, from before they're born. Right. Um, incredible. Right. And raising the generation that's going to be better than ours. You know, that's yeah. how I can make my impact on the next generation. Wow. So, and hopefully I can continue to be a leader so that people can kind of, you know, take notice because I feel yeah. like the culture of obstetrics has been very um, negative towards women. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of misinformation mm -hmm. in this space uh, with I feel like there is some mistrust between healthcare providers and doctors mm -hmm. and mothers, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot of tension between the mm -hmm. two and yeah. it, it could be better. You know, yeah. if you look at the history of obstetrics, yeah. it's, not, it's not a pretty history. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I want to assure you that maybe you're not in a formal leadership position right now, but you absolutely are a leader. So I, I want to, I just want to reinforce that. And I think even by being willing to share your experience and being so transparent about your own burnout experience, because I know I've been struggled my own personal burnout, but especially those of you that were at the bedside during the, the really, really rough periods of COVID, um, 
a lot of us are really struggling with that. And um, I think you've given words and uh, feelings and emotion and the face of that, um, whereas a lot of people just haven't been able to do that. And so thank you for sharing your experience and your healing journey and finding your passion. And this is just so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. It was a long, hard couple of years of really looking internally at myself mm. as to what is truly going to bring me joy, not just what's going to be the quick fix, right. not what's going to, what other people think should make me happy. It's right. really what is going to make me happy. Wow. And it was a lot of work kind of on many levels through the journey. I kind of have done other things to make myself better as well. We've kind of gone on a financial journey and mm -hmm. um, obviously my faith journey. And yeah. now the last step of it is I'm going to work on kind of more of a health journey, but Good for you. I had to mentally get there first. Yes. And I feel like going through it almost organically in the hard way, like I had to go through the fire yes. feeling how horrible it was yeah. to motivate me to make, to want to make a change to be better. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. And it's a hard journey, like you said, but the to be able to find that healing and that happiness and that, that peace and fulfillment is incredible. Um, and so it's worth it. In hindsight, you find that gratitude for all those hard times because it's Absolutely. gotten you to where you're at now. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. I wow. don't ever want to feel that way again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so thankful for having to feel so miserably. Right. You know, at least there was a purpose for it. Yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you, Corey. Do you have anything else to add before we finish up? I don't think so, but I am happy to, you know, if people want to reach out to me or okay. anything like that, I'm happy to talk to people. Obviously, I'm not a mentor by any means. I just have gone through the hard phase, but, you know, I'm, I'm here. Awesome. Thank you so much again for your time. Yeah, you're welcome.